I am able to wake up and do what mm-hmm. I want. Right. <laughs> I'm able to wake up and go, you know what? Mm, eight o'clock sounds good. You know what? Maybe nine o'clock tomorrow. And mm-hmm. to not have to get on a train and go into New York City. Yeah. And sing 16 bars. Literally 16 bars of music is usually what you get for an audition. Uh-huh. And hope they pick me. Like not having to do that and that not weighing on my shoulders is incredible. Yeah, soul crushing. It's it was soul crushed. Like as much as it, you know, I kept going because I love it. Musical thing, I love it. I want to do it. But right. how do I pursue it now without it crushing my soul? So welcome back to I'm the villain. I know. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you're probably jarred to hear me be doing the intro. Um, Isabel is experiencing technical difficulties, so she will not be joining us for this episode. But I am joined by Ayana Major Bay, who we're going to have on talking about just like her journey as an artist, as an actress, and how kind of her viewpoint has changed over her lifetime about how she approaches her work. So Ayana... Quickly, do you want to give? Well, actually, I don't know why I said quickly. It does not have to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> we are not in a rush. Um, do you want to give just a quick bio? Tell people what, whatever you want them to know about you. Sure, of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, for sure. Gosh, what am I? I'm a multi hyphenate, and I'm very proud to say that. If you had caught me a couple years ago, I would not have been proud to say that, but I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am. I like to call myself a singing actress. Um, I am also a voiceover artist. I am a mentor. I am a podcaster as well. So I have many, many, many different baskets with different eggs in them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we actually met because you are are part of the Boundless Audio Network along with us. Yes, 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 yes. Part and of the, same the brand new network that I'm the villain just joined. We're very excited mm-hmm. to be a part. Did you just join too? When did you when did you join the network? I joined. I think I was like. Uh, maybe I mean, the like, network itself is so new. It's so new. It's anyway. so new. But I want to say like um, April. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Something We're like, like that. a month in. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just it's exciting to be a part of a part of a community. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, you do so many things. What, what medium did you start on and when did you start? Okay. Okay. Very good question. So uh-huh. I started with musical theater or the aim was musical theater, meaning mm-hmm. I've been performing since I was younger. And so I would do like the children's choir at church. I did the, you know, the young adult choir, then the adult choir at church. Mm-hmm. In school, I did the school musical, the school choir, anything like singing and dancing I did. But I didn't really know it was going to be musical theater until I got to middle school. And mm-hmm. I saw the um, original production of Ragtime on Broadway. And it was Ooh. amazing. Like, I just, my mom tells a story. She remembers watching me watch the show. And I was at the edge right. of my seat, just like in awe the whole time. And my mother was like, uh oh, like, that's it. Like, she's figured out what she <laughs> wants to do with all this talent. Like, because yeah. I was a kid who would make up um, shows and stories and force my parents and my little sister to sit in the living room 
and I had my little stage. <laughs> we had a fireplace and, you and it had a marble. Shows and I for would, your family. I would perform shows. I would bring friends over. They would have to sit down. I w- I did the full thing. Like I was actor, stage manager, all of it, all of it. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I saw <laughs> Ragtime that I was like, oh. That's what I could do. Like they're acting, they're singing and they're dancing and they have beautiful costumes and the set is amazing. Like that's when I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Enthralled. I was enthralled. Like that's it. So then from that moment on, I was like, I want to go to school for musical theater. Like that's what I want to do with my life is pursue musical theater. And that's what I did. So high school, I did, you know, all the school musicals, the choir. I joined a competition dance team, like did all of Mm -hmm. that. Then college, I went to Temple University first, actually, for um, acting. And then mm-hmm. it wasn't what I wanted because I wanted to do musical theater. And this was just right. acting. And I was like, mm, no. So I applied. It didn't, it didn't scratch the itch for you. There you go. That's it. It didn't scratch it. I was like, why am I paying this much money? And I'm not even <laughs> doing what I want. Mm-hmm. Not even doing what I want. So what, what brought you to Temple if the if if it wasn't a musical theater program, what brought you to Temple? So to be honest, it was a school that was close to me um, at the moment because I was born and raised in New Jersey, but then I was living in Southern New Jersey, and so I was like, well, it's close to home, and also because I was auditioning for undergrad musical theater programs, and I was getting callbacks, but I wasn't getting accepted. So like mm-hmm. there were some there was one school, I don't remember, I don't know if it was Syracuse, Penn State, I don't remember which one it was. But it was like, I got accepted to the school, but not to the musical theater program. And then there was vice mm, versa, where it was, I, I was accepted to the musical theater program, but not the school itself. I always forget that like people that went to college for the, for the arts, the performing arts, you like essentially have two processes, two application processes. Yes. Yes, we do. All I, ha- all I had to do was just submit my shit and they're like all right come on be an econ major you know yes (laughs) Yes. they didn't have to like uh, i didn't have to go try out to be an econ major exactly exactly so that's when it started auditioning started way back then so it was that Mm -hmm. like i was like well okay i'll apply to temple because it has an acting program and that's the school that i got in both the university and the acting program but it wasn't what i wanted so i was like okay i'm gonna still continue to audition and i did so i transferred to montclair state in new jersey and then I went for musical theater. So did right. did um, my undergraduate there. And then once I graduated, it was kind of like, OK, and we're off. Like I booked my first show, which was Hairspray. Um, the. Between ooh, junior and senior year of college. So my first professional show wow. was actually when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Was that common for someone that was going to school for musical theater to get like get shows before they graduated? It de- honestly depends on where you live. Because mm-hmm. I was in New Jersey, I was able to go into New York City and audition for this summer stock. Right. Okay. If that makes sense. So I had the advantage of location to audition for mm-hmm. summer stock theater while I was in college. Now, not saying that you can't, like you can um, do summer stock while in college. And that's what we call a summer stock theater. It's just theaters that put up shows during the summer and typically use college students. But Mm, because I had location on my side, I booked, you know, my first professional gig in college. And then uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was like, okay, here we go. Like it was validation. (laughs) This is it. I'm the shit. 
full send. You could tell me nothing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you could Absolutely. tell me nothing. I remember when I got my like my first real like business opportunity after after college. I was like, I'm good. Like I've figured it out. I made it. I figured it out. This is just gonna right. keep happening. <laughs> so, how was working on the show? So working on the show was great. So I say that Hairspray was a gift that kept giving because I ended up doing seven productions. Wait, seven? Wait, I might be adding one more. Six, excuse me, six productions of Hairspray um, Mm -hmm. throughout my career in musical theater. Um, So it was amazing to work on that show. And at the time, the the Hairspray was still on Broadway um, when I did that. But then I graduated college a year after, did another production of Hairspray um, and then kept, you know, a booking show. Okay, now I'm going to do, what was it? Little Shop of Horrors. And then I had booked a Christmas Mm -hmm. show and I went to like Connecticut to do a Christmas show. So I was like, I graduated. I'm booking shows. This is great. I'm about to be on Broadway next. Literally booked and busy. Booked and busy. And then, you know, life hits you. It's like, oh, Uh I have to like, keep auditioning like i have to like keep doing keep this going i have to keep going like it's mm-hmm. what so <laughs> <laughs> so was that was that moment like you were just feeling burnt out and or fatigued like you were just like i'm constantly going to shows and auditions not yet early on in my career i was mm. not feeling burnt out and fatigued towards the end okay. and i said st- I can't say the end of my career towards the pivot in my career. Yes. Um, I was like, I have to approach being in musical theater differently because I'm not going to survive. So the Mm -hmm. beginning of my career. No. I see. So how many years did it take you to get to the pivot? Um, It took me. 13. 13. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. So you were like running, running the theater gamut. Yes. For 13 years. Did you ever make it to Broadway? I did not. I did not make it. I have not made my Broadway debut yet. I still like to say yet. (laughs) Because Uh here's the thing. I am am fully, I'm a full believer that things happen in the season they need to happen in. And that there are things that are meant for me and they will come to pass when they're meant to. And so Mm -hmm. I have auditioned for numerous Broadway shows. But I have also worked with some amazing people who have been on Broadway or who've directed Broadway shows, but I had the ability to travel. So like, for instance, right. I did After Midnight on a cruise ship on Norwegian Cruise Line. And that show, <laughs> wow, like it was amazing, but that show transferred directly from Broadway. So that means we had the costumes from Broadway. We had mm-hmm. our director, Warren Carlisle, who directed it on Broadway, directed us on the ship. Like it literally transferred from Broadway and went to Norwegian. Right. So for me, I was like, that's amazing. And then I got to travel. Someone else paid for me to travel through the Caribbean for seven months and like (laughs) perform. Like what? That's like incredibly unique. Mm -hmm. That's an incredibly unique opportunity. Yes. Yes, it is. So you're going through this. I mean, I guess talk about a little bit through how your like mindset is slowly shifting through this like 13 years of just being a professional musical theater actress like where are you you're it seems like you're you're sprightly and young coming out of college and you're excited um does it stay that way Mm -hmm. or like what how does that shift so i would say the first shift happened when i wasn't being taken seriously for 
um, I guess what we call straight plays or dramatic plays or plays mm. that aren't musicals. Because there I is see. this myth that if you are a musical theater actor, that you can't actually act and you can't do Shakespeare and you can't do, um, you know, fences or or a straight play, as we call them, which I don't know why it's called straight plays. But anyway, yeah, because because I keep on thinking you mean like a straight a, a play that's not homosexual. Right. <laughs> Listen, me too. I'm like, why do we call it that? Anyway, a show that's not a musical. It's a Great. play. <laughs> um, and I, that, that's the when the first pivot happened, probably about five years in where I was like, but I can act like that was actually in college. Each of the musical theater majors had to had to pick a um, uh, what do you call it? Like a. Uh, like a focus, a focus, a concentration. Mm-hmm, so, yes, I was mm-hmm. a musical theater major, but my focus was acting. Yeah, and then there okay. were some who was dance, some who were singing like, but I can do all three. So the first pivot came when I, I really honestly just started to get annoyed that people were like, wouldn't take me seriously when I would go to a play audition or go to a Shakespeare mm-hmm. audition. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I decided I'm going to go back to school. And wow. I got a master's in classical acting. Wow. And I went to the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. So I left the country. <laughs> <laughs> And got a master's in classical acting in the UK. Okay. Um, wow. So that was the first. And then, of course, when I came back, then people wanted us. Oh, yes, we'd love to hear you. What's, what's your Shakespeare? What's your, oh, now you want to take me seriously. Right. You're like, I'm the same person. I literally was the same. Same person. The same human. Same human. Yes, I have grown. Yes, I've spent a year and a half in the UK. Yes, I have this degree. But you, you, I would have done a good job even before that. So that was mm-hmm. the first one. So then I keep um, uh, pursuing musical theater. But now I've done some plays and I got to the point where I was like, there has to be something better than just the hustle of Mm. always auditioning, of always feeling that there isn't enough. Like, unfortunately, I believe that we are taught this mindset of lack and mindset of desperation of like, well, if this person's in the room, they're going to get it. So I'm not. Or there's not mm-hmm. enough roles for all of us. Right. So for me, I, I had to start thinking about, okay, well, what do you want to do, Ayana? Like, yes, you want to be a leading lady on Broadway. That's great. But like, what else do you want to do with your life? Like right. getting to do the Do you want to be chasing auditions forever? That's it. That's it. Do I want to be chasing auditions forever? And so mm-hmm. I started to, in essence, move to different mediums. That's what it was. Like, I will say that I had blinders on about, I'm just doing musical theater and that's it. Right. But it's like, that's not, is that the life you want? So I started to mm-hmm. think about, um, what else can I do? Could I do voiceovers? Could I do TV and film? I was doing commercials. I had done some commercials. I did have that, that avenue, that medium. But I was like, right. what else can I do and still be in the arts? So mm-hmm. right before the pandemic happened, I met my voiceover agent. And it's one of those things where it's like, it literally like fell in my lap. Like, uh-huh. had you ever thought about doing it before it happened? So, yes, I had thought about doing voiceovers before, but it's a very hard industry to break into. And I uh-huh. had attempted twice and I had reached out to one agent who was like, I mean, your voice is good, but it's very young. It needs polish. It needs work. 
And then I had taken a class and I had the recordings from the class and like the casting director was like, I mean, you're good. Like this is this is you're good and you can eventually get in it, but like work at it. But I kind of let that go. If I'm going to be very honest, I was like, I have no idea how to even start, how to get into voiceovers. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know musical theater. It was always a, but I know this. I'm going to go back, go back to go back to the evil, you you know, right? Pivot back (laughs) to what you can do. And now you're classically trained or whatever. So you could like straight play act too. Exactly. Exactly. So with the voiceovers, I was like, you for me, like I'm a woman of faith. So I you can't tell me that the universe, God, everybody else wasn't conspiring for me because <laughs> I I had made my off Broadway debut and my friends had taken me out um to uh, to dinner to celebrate my opening night. And I happened to sit next to who is my now voiceover agent in the restaurant and we're chit-chatting and talking mind you nothing to do with business at all like it's a table full of women just hanging out chit-chatting and then at the end of the night she asked me hey are you guys celebrating something i see all these flowers and stuff and i was like oh yeah i'm an actress i just opened my first off-broadway show and she was like oh i happen to be a voiceover agent wow what and you're like, okay. I was like, okay, great. We exchanged and, information. And at the time, you Go still ahead. like weren't incredibly interested in voiceover acting. No, I wasn't. I actually wasn't. I wasn't pursuing it. And I wasn't, I, honestly, I was like, I don't know how to even get into this. So like, nah, if it happens, it happens. But mm-hmm. we exchange information and she, like I, I email her. And, and again, my intention was to call, uh, to email her and be like, hey, can you give me advice? Like, how do I break into the industry? Are there any classes I can take? Like, right. who should I get to know? No, I emailed her saying, nice to meet her. And she was like, do you have a demo? I was, uh, <laughs> I was like, no, but I, like, have, I don't have a demo. <laughs> I don't have a demo, but I have these, um, uh, these, uh, I took a class a couple years ago. So I have like the recordings from the class. She's like, great. Send it to me. Send it to her. She's like, everybody in the office loves your voice. Do you want to start freelancing with us? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. You just, you know, moments you just got to say yes. Yeah. And then like, that yeah. same day, she sent me my first audition. And I was like, wow. And I have a setup now, clearly. But back then, what, two years, um, over two years ago, this was August of 19, 2019. I was literally under mm-hmm. my blanket with an iPad recording my first voiceover audition. <laughs> and now I'm signed with them and like a professional voiceover artist. So wow. it kind of fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. Wow. I have so many questions. Yes, Number one yes. is, so your agent, the, the, do they work for like a voiceover acting firm? And does, is the business model that like, like shows or whatever that need voiceovers like find these firms and like outsource the work to them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically that so my agent is part of a i guess a larger agency so so she works in the voiceover department if you will of this agency yeah. then there's the theater department then there's the commercial department then there's so yes yeah, so mm-hmm. they are they are basically like the go between me and the casting director who then would talk to production and marketing of said company. So they would mm-hmm. reach out and say, hey, we need a voice of an African-American woman this age to this age. Sounds a little young, can give us a little gravitas. Like, great. So then that would go to my agent. Then my agent would send it to me. 
Right. And so then, so, go ahead. Um, I was going to ask, so is voice, is voice over different from like voice acting for like, say like a cartoon or something? Mm-hmm. It, in my mind, it's all the same. So okay. it's interchangeable. So it's voiceover artists, voice acting. Now, yes, there are, I guess, more commercial, if you will, voiceovers, like the, like the commercials you see on television, like, you know, for mm-hmm. cars or makeup or what have you. It could be is a voiceover now if you're talking about cartoons you could say a little more voice acting but in my for me it's all the same like they're all professional Mm -hmm. voiceover artists and they could be doing different things within the bubble of voiceovers Mm -hmm. so what do you do um i do a little bit of all of it actually um (laughs) so i my i do some commercials i've done a couple of um of commercials for some companies Mm -hmm. and then my agent does submit me for like animation and um, narration, like audiobooks and different things. So for me, I'm open to all of it. And wow. I've done, yeah, so far I've done just the commercial bits, like for companies, but I audition mm-hmm. for narration and, and animation all the time. Yeah. So you mentioned that. So when you were kind of just like still just pursuing musical theater and theater, you mentioned that you felt like you were just like, fucking like hustling mm-hmm. um did you i guess i'm 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 curious about the lifestyle that you had like as an actress like did you feel like you had like enough income to sustain yourself or did you feel like you had to keep on auditioning to make the money that you needed to sustain yourself or was it just like this like internal like pressure that you were putting on yourself mm-hmm. talk about like that kind of thing the answer to that is no. No, I did not have enough income. No. <laughs> That's that was my that was my inclination. No, that is that is the answer to that. But it's because so when we say the hustle, because there's always the in-between. There's always, okay, I'm on a contract for six weeks and mm-hmm. then I'm going home. Or the lucky ones, because I've had a couple I had a couple moments of that, but I I did know people who were constantly book on shows and didn't have to work what we call survival jobs. Um, mm-hmm. so you work for a couple weeks or months. I've had, I've had, had longer contracts. My shortest has been right. four weeks. My longest had been a year. So well. it varies. But then once you're done with that contract, typically you go back home, wherever it is, New York, LA, Atlanta, Chicago, wherever. And you go back to your survival job. Mm, and I so see. that could be the gamut. You could, you know, be a waiter. You could, um, I mean, work at Starbucks. You could do, you could do lots of things. Or some people had two degrees. So I knew an mm-hmm. actress who, yes, she did musical theater, but she also was a computer software engineer. So mm, those who had like parallel careers, they were golden. They were mm-hmm. golden. But for me, who didn't choose to have a parallel career, because now I'm like, mm, maybe I should have had a parallel career. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have I mean now I do but back then I'm like maybe I should have had a parallel career um right. you go back to your survival job and so and you're and the, here's the kicker it's trying to find something that gives you the time to audition during the day right because you need to be able to leave exactly and you need to be able to leave like to go work a show for a long period of time and then come back exactly and that's it it's finding that it's flexible that it doesn't drain you, that you can come back and forth. Mm -hmm. It's, and a lot of 
actors that I know were would bartend because mm-hmm. it's at night. But the problem with that is you're up until two o'clock in the morning yelling right. or not yelling, but like screaming. You're in a bar with loud music, using your voice. Yeah. And then you have an audition at 10 a.m. Oof. What? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So. So what is What did you do? So I found for me, it was brand ambassador, being a brand ambassador, excuse me. So I worked for a company for a good while, actually. And it was different events. So like think of an event like, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of an Oh, Delta, Delta Airlines. We worked at an event for Delta Airlines. And they mm-hmm. set up this like four day pop up in the flat iron and they needed people to, you know, be greeters, to greet the guests, to mm-hmm. help with, hey, we're going to show you how this VR situation works. And then people right. to hand out the gift bags at the end. So, like, I did a lot of brand ambassador work, which was during the day, but it was very flexible. If I told them, hey, y'all, I have a callback. I can't, I can't work all four days. Could you find someone to replace me? Nine times out of ten, they could. Mm, that's great. So that was mine. I will tell you though, I'll share this with you. There was one job that I did that I will never go back. Never, ever, <laughs> ever go back. What was it? So if you've ever been in Times Square and mm-hmm. you know the the this company in particular hired women. So these young ladies who hand out flyers to shows, like discount flyers, and they're like they're in different costumes that are um that are associated with the show. So like there was one for like, I think when Paramore was still, was a Broadway show and like when the Rockets uh-huh. had something. So they'd be in like costumes, like handing out flyers and being, I did that job for two months. <laughs> I can't even believe I lasted two months. It sounds like, it sounds like just like an opportunity for terrible men to harass it you. It was, it was. Um, mm-hmm. And that happened. But to be very honest with you, you know, what was worse was the company itself would take pictures of you. So like the manager on duty for those hours would take, come and take uh-huh. pictures of you. And then they would rate you and they'd be like, Oh, oh I'm my sorry. God. Ayana, your energy was at a three today, but Molly's was at an eight. I need you to like match her energy or like Ayana, you only gave out 350 flyers and Molly gave out seven. So like, we need you to like up your game. Oh my God. What? They have you on. <laughs> they have you on like quotas. Yes. Luckily, they didn't pay us by quota. They paid us per hour. But Mm -hmm. like, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do that. That's like, like on the list of like terrible sounding jobs. That's yeah, that's really, really high. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you did that for like two months at some point and as a survival job in New York, right? Yes, I did. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. So, yeah, my survival jobs were basically brand ambassadoring. Um, is that, is that ambassadoring? Is that a word? I think ambassadoring. Ambassadoring. Maybe. I like the S, ambassadoring. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, I, I, when I was pursuing musical theater in New York like that, uh, that's yeah. what I had to do because you had to be available for auditions. So it was really hard. It was really, yeah. really hard. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, thank uh-huh. God. 
<laughs> you were like you have to slow down and, and you said that you had started your voice acting a little bit before the pandemic right? yes correct correct so so there is some serendipity in that timing yes there there was one thousand percent serendipity in that timing like six months mm-hmm. before the pandemic i met my voiceover agent yeah and you literally work. started like remote acting yes, yes. <laughs> which is <laughs> like that is like man yes. such a good yeah great timing yes like it was I couldn't I couldn't have written it better myself. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it was perfect timing. So with that, you know, after, of course, the initial shock of the pandemic and we're like, what's happening? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Once, you know, you started to settle and be like, wait, we're not going back. So I was in Virginia doing a production of Dreamgirls. So I was away from wow. home and the theater was like, yeah, we have to shut down. And we're like, what? They're like, everybody go home. We'll try to figure it out. Maybe we could put the production up in a couple weeks. and da-da. So once we've realized, oh, we're not going back. It's been yeah. two weeks. It's been four weeks. It's been four months. It's been six yeah. months. And you're not getting like paid from this no. as this is happening. No, not getting paid at all. We're like, oh, okay. So now what do we do? And so it was a period, I think, for me and I and I will say some other friends that I've talked to um, of like letting go of mm. our identity as actors, because you'd always be like, oh, Ayana, who are you? Oh, well, I'm an actress. I'm a this. I'm a that. And no, no, no. Who are you? Right. And you're like. Oh. Right. I don't have my job anymore as my identity. <laughs> yeah no i was i was gonna ask like yeah as it seems like that's one of those things that just like really consumes you right and your whole yes. self becomes like acting and like getting into auditions and then you have like another job that you sustain yourself so you can pr- still pursue acting 100 mm-hmm. it becomes it engrosses you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't so the you. pandemic throws you into this moment of like well actually like who the hell am i if i'm not acting <laughs> yeah that's that's literally it literally it who who uh-huh. am i if i'm not acting like who who what what do i do what am Mm -hmm. i what what so with that it was like oh i needed this break as well like Mm -hmm. i get to sit down and like nobody's doing anything like i have to be doing something no you don't like no no we're not none of us are doing anything none of us are doing anything but literally trying to survive right now yeah and so that was refreshing i'm not gonna lie (laughs) <laughs> yeah so interesting i have i have a similar feeling about the pandemic too i feel like i was like most more so my social life like i was like everywhere trying to do everything had plans like every night and i just felt so fatigued and like i didn't really have any time for myself mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden i had all the time in the fucking world and i was like shit and then yeah like there was a part of me that was really grateful for it which felt which felt very weird at the time because of how terrible things were going mm-hmm. you know just like in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i couldn't agree with you more so, yeah so did your so how did the pandemic affect the voice acting career mm-hmm. did that slow down as well so in the beginning it actually it didn't <laughs> if i'm re- if i'm like thinking i'm like wait yeah. did it slow down it didn't it picked up because something that my agent had actually told me she was like studios were pivoting towards remote recording anyway before the pandemic because of costs. Mm. 
Because if you can yeah, have your cheaper. own home set up and then patch in to record, the producers don't have to rent a studio. Yeah, you save so much on studio time. So much on, and so much even flying clients in. They're like, right. we could just all patch in and be right here on the screen. This is yeah, perfect. Sounds great. This sounds great. Yeah. So the industry was already heading in that direction before the pandemic. Then, of course, the pandemic forced it. And now it's still mm-hmm. like I'm I've recorded all of my voiceovers from my closet that I'm sitting in. Wow. All of them in the last two years. <laughs> like my friend came over. Uh-huh. She's like, you recorded your Sephora ad from the. Yep, girl. I was right here in my Absolutely. bathroom. <laughs> Boom, right here. I really I put myself in the mindset. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Exactly. So it, it was it was. Uh, no, it didn't slow down to answer your question. It yeah. did not. <laughs> So you're, I mean, has, has acting in real life for you Mm -hmm. specifically come back at all Mm -hmm. since post pandemic? Yeah. So I did one show post, well, all right. Post, post. Yeah. I was going to say post post pandemic. Yeah. I was like post, let's say post U S pandemic shutdown. That's it. That's it right there. Yes. Yes. Post shutdown. Yes. So, um, one show, I actually did do one show, um, at a theater in Philadelphia near me and I loved it to me, to be mm-hmm. honest, I think I needed it because I, it renewed my love of like, oh yeah, I do love theater. I do. Right. But now I'm like, how is theater going to fit into my life? How, how mm-hmm. am I going to pursue acting when I want to? Right. On your own On terms. my own terms. So I did do one show and it was uh, about an eight week contract and it was t- three weeks of, um, of rehearsals and then we went into the run of the mm-hmm. show and when i tell you i felt like i was dying <laughs> i felt like i was dying Be- just like because of the pace because of the pace the stamina that you need to do eight shows a week is not oh a joke no and i not had- a joke at all were you doing two shows on like saturday yes or friday yeah, uh, i would do mm. two shows uh with this theater i think it was two shows on thursday so it was a show tuesday night wednesday night two on thursday one on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. Uh-huh. And, I, and here's the thing. Before the pandemic, I was used to this because I had been doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you ha- I had a break for almost two years. And then you want me to get back up and do like, eight me? shows a week? I yeah. felt like I was dying. I was like, I, yeah. how did I do this before? <laughs> I mean, it's like the equivalent of like, for me, it was like, oh, I, I will not even entertain the idea of going into an office five days a week, you know, like right. that's, that's a non-starter for me now. And that used to be my life every single day, mm-hmm. get up early enough to either bike or take the Metro over to the office mm-hmm. and then come back yeah. and then like live the rest of your life. Like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is insane. It's, it's, you're like, what you want us to do? What? But like, what? It's not going to work. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wow. So, and that's, that's the one show you've done since, um, since shutdown. Yes. yes. I have auditioned for a couple. My agent has sent mm-hmm. me some. Um, so like my, my legit agent. So I have two separate situations. I have a voiceover agent and then we, what we call legit right. is, uh, for TV and film. Um, and she's been sending me stuff, which is great, but I've gotten to the point where I can say no and it feels so good. Right. Hey, Anna. So is this good? Are you able to support yourself through voiceover? Is it completely? Mm-hmm. Or? So it's a mix right now. So voiceovers for me, and I'm also mentoring. 
So I'm a mm. co-chair of a um, of a program that helps young artists, and so helping them as well. So with that, and just my and you know like. Yeah, I think those, is that how I'm supporting myself? Yeah, those are the two things I'm doing. <laughs> You're like, that's how, I, I guess like, that's how I'm doing it. I guess it. that's how I'm doing it. But yeah, yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Wow. Yes. But I, I love it because I can say no now. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can enjoy acting on your own terms. Mm-hmm. It's that on my own right. terms. So although you're acting less, I mean, do you feel like, do you feel like your relationship with act, acting has improved? Mm-hmm. Mm, I think it's I gotten healthier. I definitely think it's gotten healthier because before I was definitely in the mindset of lack and in the mindset of like, oh, I have to book this next job. And also being in a show validates you in a way. And it does not. Mm -hmm. And also living life as a full human being. And people like to say this like life work balance. And I'm like. That, that, I mean, that's out the door for actors. It's out the door for actors. But really, what is work-life balance? For me, it's just life balance. Because work is a piece yeah. of the pie, but my right. life is the whole thing. And so mm-hmm. for me now, it's like, how do I want my acting career, my stage acting career in particular, to fit into my life? Because when you're in a show, that is the bubble you are in. Like, you have mm. rehearsals. And then the way my schedule is set up, I couldn't go out with you. You're like, let's go out for drinks tonight. I'm sorry, I have a show. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how, how was dating or, like, even maintaining <sighs> friendships? <laughs> Just, like, a joke. <laughs> Next question. That's a, that's a joke, child. That's a joke. <laughs> friendships were fine. I have a, see, okay, I will say this about theater folks. Like, we are some friendly people. And, like, once we find our tribe, we find our tribe. Like, right. friendships were great. Dating? Child, bye. Because <laughs> in my ex- personal experience, I would meet someone, I'd talk to him for a little while, and then I'd be like, so, yeah, I have to leave for eight weeks? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Are you coming and home? Like, and he's like, oh, well, we've been only been dating for six. Right, exactly. We've only been dating for six. But um, I have a job, so I have to go. Oh, are you coming home? No. <laughs> I will see you in eight weeks. Like, and don't let it be a cruise ship. Oh like, my god! Because then I'm not calling you. That, there's no, there's no internet here. Like I'm in the middle. I'm in on the ocean. That's it. We have to schedule time. I'll be in port on Tuesday in a week, so we could Skype then. Or like, for me, when I was on a cruise ship, kind of think deployment, like military deployment. No, I'm not in danger, right. but it's like that. It's you're not calling and WhatsApping every five minutes. You have to schedule yeah. your time. You have to know. Okay, well, I'm currently in europe so i'm about six or seven hours ahead of you and then i'm i'm gonna port at this time so will you be awake so that i can call you so i can go get internet at some crew cafe or something right. it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot was i mean on the cruise ship like i mean was it was it an amazing experience slash and what were the worst parts about it like because it feels like it would be hard yes yes there there are pros and cons, pros and cons. Uh-huh. So to me, the pros where I got to travel on somebody else's dime. Yeah, that's like it. that. That's what always got me. But did, but did y'all have the good rooms or did you have like some some terrible? Rooms? So, again, from my experience and this is the one. OK, so this is the one thing I didn't like about cruise ships. I was a singer 
And uh-huh. my contract as a featured singer, I got a um a room, particularly with the second ship I did, on the passenger level. Yes, it was in mm-hmm. the crew like area, but it was on the passenger level. So I had a, a huge porthole that I could like sit in. Like I put pillows in it, I sat in it. Mm. I had my own bed, I had my own bathroom because I was on a singer contract. Now this same nice. ship, the people who were in the show with me, I was doing hairspray, were cons- who were under a dancer contract, stayed in bunk bed rooms. Oh my God. <laughs> on the lower decks of the ship. Terrible. It was terrible. And I always threw like parties in my room. I was like, y'all know y'all could come over. Let's order some room come service. Through. Come on through. Because I had yeah. a huge room. Like I could comfortably fit like eight people in it. Like, wow. I had a great room, but because I was on a singer contract. So that is something that I don't really like on ships because if I'm in the, sh- I'm in the same show with you, literally in the same show, but because I may sing three more pages than you, I'm under a singer contract and you're under a dancer contract. Wow. You're like, what? So that's one thing I didn't like. Yeah. But so, but my room in, in particular was amazing and I got to travel yeah. on someone else's dime and I got to do what I love. Like that was the whole thing. I got to do what I love. Now, what I didn't really like was dealing with the cruise ship culture. And unfortunately, it is ruled by fear. It is the fear of losing your job. And I, and I know I'm coming from an American mindset. I could go home and get another job. So, like, whatever right. you want to tell me, I can go home and get another job. But a lot right. of the crew members are international. A lot of them are from Southeast Asia or the Caribbean. And they're like... Mm. This job for me, I'm able to actually send money back home. And, wow. and they may, I'm looking like, how much are you making a month? No, I do not accept that. But again, I'm, I'm coming from an American mindset. Right. They're like, you know, this American actress, we're going to have to pay her more than like, you know, she won't accept what we'll, what we'll offer to the South, Southeast Asian person. Exactly. Exactly. But, but also wow. we, we would fi- like, as entertainers, when we, and let me speak, I'm speaking for myself and, and some of my castmates. If we saw something wrong, we would speak up and be like, no, uh-huh. you're not allowed to do that to that person or no, or stand up for crew members who were like, well, they said, no, 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 I was there. They didn't do that because they would immediately wow. fire somebody. And, but again, you, <laughs> I could go home and find another job. Like I'm going right. to speak up. Yeah. You're like, I don't like, I don't need this. Literally. I don't need this job. Right. You're like, I love it. This is great. But I do I need it? No, because I can go home and find another mm-hmm. one. I can. That is a reality. I can go home and find another one. Yeah. Not surprised that there's like rampant inequity in cruise ship acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Honestly, not surprised. <sighs> but it, but it, there again, pros and cons. Got to travel on somebody else's dime. Do what I love. Right. Yes. But mm-hmm. also before the pandemic, it was a Petri dish. And I got sick on both of my contracts. Mm. So like, I probably, yeah, I don't want to, I don't think I want to work on a ship again. Not I think, I know. I don't want to work on a ship again. Yeah, no, I was going to ask if you would ever do it again. So answer is no. It's hard to be, it's hard to sign up to spend an extended period of time in like a metal box with people in a, in a post COVID world, you know? Yes. But think about it. Think about it in your office, like before, before the pandemic. Just, just, just visualize this for me. If you mm-hmm. sit in your office and you couldn't go anywhere, all the people that are in your office, you had to share dinner table with them. Oh yeah. You had to, you had to be on the same. You had to go to the parties with them. 
You had everything and with them. And people just be like, oh, yeah, I'm sick. Right. Yeah, I'm sick today. And like, I'm like, and they, they would just be in the office, like eating with you. Yes. Saying they're sick. Yes. <laughs> that. And then, but you couldn't, but you couldn't leave the building because then you'd be in no. the water. So you just imagine that I'm in, I'm in, I'm stuck with y'all. Mm. That's terrible. Okay. For like weeks, months. Month. Yes. Yes. My longest mm-hmm. time on the ship, I think it was creeping up on 10 months, 10 months. It was like nine and a half. Ooh. Wow. Mm-hmm. that's a long time mm-hmm. and i'm guessing it was like on the same ship that would do multiple cruises right yes on the same ship that would do multiple cruises and this one was in the mediterranean so i will say i enjoyed that like barcelona was our <laughs> home port so like i'd be oh, in yeah. barcelona every saturday like nice and i go off and like have brunch and that's also <laughs> one thing i will give as well again as an entertainer we have privileges I can get off the ship. I can go have brunch in Barcelona. But there are a lot of crew members who can't. That's Mm -hmm. also an an inequity that I'm like, just one day off? Can they get one day off? What is, what? (laughs) Nope. You're sitting here on the ship. Okay, got it. Like. Wow. I feel like we could do a whole episode just on like you being on a cruise ship. Oh, (laughs) we could. We could. <laughs> like that is that is insane. My partner and I listen to a lot of true crime mm-hmm. and there's a lot of true crime episodes about shit that's happened on cruise ships because it's sketchy. Listen, I've seen a body bag or two, so yeah. <laughs> like for and, Yeah, like people die on cruise they ships. They do. They do. They do. Some intentionally and sometimes right. Or sometimes uh, just mm. Hmm. insane it's yes was that, was that your first cruise the one that you worked um my no actually actually ah, funny story my first cruise was when i was nine years old my parents took me on one and mm-hmm. i won the talent show <laughs> <laughs> there's some foresight wow, what, for you what foreshadowing yes <laughs> that's insane mm-hmm. yes um so so you know, you're so you're living now currently as a um voice actor primarily also a mentor and you act when you feel like it and you feel like you're doing just like generally better like how are you doing yes, absolutely generally better yes because i am able to wake up and do what mm-hmm. i want <laughs> right. i'm able to wake up and go you know what mm, eight o'clock sounds good you know what maybe nine o'clock tomorrow and mm-hmm. to not have to get on a train and go into New York City yeah, and sing 16 bars, literally 16 bars of music is usually what you get for an audition uh-huh. and hope they pick me. Like not having to do that and that not weighing on my shoulders is incredible. Yeah, soul crushing. It's, it was soul crushed. Like as much as, it, you know, I kept going because I love it. Musical thing, I love it. I want to do it. But right. how do I pursue it now without it crushing my soul yeah and i think we're all kind of trying to figure that out to be honest and i again am really taking the mindset of like how do i have my acting career fit into my life because i'm also an Mm -hmm. avid traveler outside of cruise ships i i'm close to hitting 30 countries like i love traveling i you know, love being with my family. Oh, we can talk about missing family events. 
I've missed so many birthdays, <laughs> weddings, funerals, the gamut, yeah, you honey. Show. I have a show and I can't fly out. Like, so for me, it's really finding the balance of it all. Like this, I know this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be acting on stage and on TV and film mm -hmm. and in voiceovers. And I'm going to do some mentoring on the side and I'm going to do some podcasting. I'm going to do all of these things. But how does it fit into the balance of my life as a right. whole? You're not beholden to any of them. Exactly. That's it. And I could 100% tell you that before the pandemic, I was beholden to musical theater. One thousand percent. Well, do you think that, I mean, what what advice would you give to someone that that you feel like was in your shoes a couple of years ago in terms of like being completely reliant on mm -hmm. musical theater? Like, would you, did you, you know, if this were five years ago, do you feel like you would have been able to pull this off? Mm -hmm. um, or do you feel like you kind of, in a weird way, like needed the, the, the years of hard grinding to be able to set this up for yourself? Mm -hmm. I honestly think I needed the years because those years mm -hmm. were seeds being planted. Those years were me going, oh, mm -hmm. I did that so that I could do this. Or that was really hard and I don't want to do that particular thing again. Mm -hmm. And like, I would give my younger self or anybody advice of not being ashamed of other things that make you happy. Mm. And what I mean by that is, I was taught and I have to like realize that, you know, undoing the, the toxic thinking that it's if you are not pursuing theater 100 percent of the time that you're not serious. Yeah, we were taught that. And it's like the way this industry is set up. That's soul crushing because all you're doing is auditioning and waiting for someone to pick you when you right. have to pick yourself, when you have to know what else do I like? What else do I love? Do I like party planning or do mm -hmm. I love pets enough to start like a grooming business? Do I love computers? Maybe I should be a software engineer. But embracing your multi hyphenate, I would say, is the advice mm -hmm. I would give, like embracing all of the skills you have, embracing them and knowing that you can also bring those to stage and knowing that. If this is something you're meant to do, it's going to happen, but you're on your own journey. You are 100 percent mm. on your own journey and things are going to happen the way they need to happen. They're going to unfold the way they need to unfold and not put so much pressure on yourself. Well, I didn't book this show and I didn't get that role. I didn't get this. OK, it wasn't meant for you. Yeah, it wasn't meant for you. And that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of parallels between what you're saying and just like general advice for like working trying to find a job whatever mm -hmm. right like i remember this like some of the lowest points in my life were when like when i was coming out of college and i just finished a fellowship and i was just like looking for my next position mm -hmm. like my next job and you, you start to like devalue yourself and you think like damn maybe i'm not worth anything if i'm having trouble finding a job mm -hmm. but in reality it's like i mean it seems like maybe this is similar to auditions it's like dude people reject people for any given reason and it often has nothing to do with your skill level nothing. <laughs> nothing it often is just like or it could be like you know like oh we found we told this person that like, we saw this person first so we're just going to pick this person you know it's like it can it often is very much not a reflection of you as a human but it's really i mean 
our society t- teaches us that like this is how you should define your worth yes yes it's that it's that they teach us and they're like no no thank you i don't want that anymore i i no longer want to to, to use that <laughs> I, no I, i'm not, we're not doing that but it's that mm-hmm. but also it gets even worse they could not pick you because you mm, you remind me too much of my ex-girlfriend like a casting yeah. director could really or a producer could feel that way and be like no, thank you. I could have sung. I could have sung down. Like I could have been the best singer in the room. Mm, she reminds me of my ex girlfriend. I don't want to cast her. Yeah. It could be something as or mm, does she fit the costume? Like sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's literally yeah. does she fit the costume that we already have in stock? <laughs> literally. <laughs> like, do you think that she's a she's a small right. <laughs> like right? And you're just like insane. And so once you realize that, you're like. Maybe I should stop taking yeah. this pressure off myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of the petty shit that, all of the petty reasons that, you know, an employer could decide not to hire you seem to be like that times one hundred for for, um, acting auditions because mm-hmm. it can literally be something as like, you know, there's no you don't have to fit into any physical costumes to work in an office, but there's so many additional layers for acting. So much. So, we're gonna have to do another episode for cruise ships because I also forgot to tell you that they <laughs> they weighed me. So on both contracts, oh my god! I literally signed a contract saying that I could not gain weight, and they measured <laughs> me and weighed me. Okay, every month. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pause there because I, I really, we're gonna hit you up to do an, a cruise ship acting podcast episode to, because, because that is insane. Like literally, it's in my contract. They could fire me if I didn't fit my costume anymore. Oh my god! I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um okay that feels like this feels like a good place to wrap for me how do you feel is there anything else you want to express oh anything else i want to express? i'll give i'll give you i'll give you time at the end like i'll do a proper outro and you can like you know, do all your plugs there but okay is there any other topics you want to uh, you feel like you need to hit i feel like i need to hit um i think the only thing that i would say is to keep going like no matter what you do no matter what your career, your craft is to like keep going, but find your joy in it. I think that's it. Like I'm finding Mm -hmm. my joy right now in all of the things that I'm doing and, and not letting societal pressures like, Oh, shouldn't you be doing this? Shouldn't you be doing that? You're like, no, I'm really joyful. Mm -hmm. And I love doing voiceovers. I love doing a podcast. I love being a mentor. Like, Having and finding joy in whatever you are doing right now, yeah, is like what I want to leave. Yeah, and not being afraid to like redefine your relationship with something. Yes, you know, like you were an actor, you are an actor, but that didn't, you know, you realize that like something has to change about the way I engage with this thing that I love. You know. Yes, one hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for sitting with us, Ayana. It's been such a great time. I'm sorry you couldn't meet Isabel, but I'm sure you will at some point. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, so I like to ask people some closing questions. So I have a couple of um, the- theater, actor, hot take questions for you that I want you to respond to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number one is what uh, what is one show that you that everyone loves that you think is overrated? Oh, oh. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, 
Phantom of the Opera. Mm. I'm kind of like, eh. I know it's like, it's classic. I know, I know. But right. like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next question is, what do you think of Hamilton? Um, I love it. I want to be a Skylar sister. Mm, I love Hamilton too. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, perhaps because the, the social zeitgeist is like, pivoting against hamilton for some valid reasons about like you know these people were slave owners but like also this is just a really good a really good play okay so i get that i get it i get we can right. we can delve into that i get right. it right and we can and we can acknowledge that and too. we can right we can acknowledge that but also like hello all these color people <laughs> on stage yeah I'm there's so many black it. people here right so many black people mm-hmm. so many hispanic people no uh-uh, don't take that away from us so would you act in hamilton if you had the chance i would i want to be a skylar sister i want to play i want to play angelica (laughs) Mm, Mm -hmm. i can see that for you i want to be angelica (laughs) um okay so this is your time please uh plug whatever you'd like to plug okay um let's see on the socials i am really just on instagram to be honest and my handle is ayana a-y-a-n-a m as in major bay b-e-y um, you can also follow my podcast called The Artist Pivot at The Artist, no S, Pivot um, on Instagram. I have a Facebook. Y'all, I don't use it. I don't use it. But you could you could search my name, Ayana Bay. I will pop up and add you as a friend. But I do not use my Facebook. Um, same thing with Twitter. I literally don't think I've been on Twitter in yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I don't know any, especially like podcasts that are really active on twitter mm-hmm. i just i don't know it feels weird it, it does doesn't it it does yeah so i'm on instagram y'all i'm on I, I will reply you can dm you can comment i instagram is where i'm at <laughs> yeah and we'll stick all the um, all that in the show notes too yeah cool and as always you can find us at i'm the villain pod that's our twitter even though we don't you know we're there uh <laughs> it's, our, it's our gmail and that's our instagram otherwise bye